gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to My Two Cents Podcast, episode 77, which is entitled Obligations. I am your host, G2, and before I get into today's topics, let me get off into the National Food Days of the Week. Today being Sunday, June 15th, it is Moonshine Day, as well as Gingerbread Day, and also Ketchup Day. Uh, Tomorrow, June 6th, will be Applesauce Cake Day, something I've never heard of until now. Uh, June 7th, Chocolate Ice Cream Day. Then June 8th, Jelly Filled Donut Day. June 9th is International Lemon Drizzle Cake Day as well as Strawberry Rhubarb Pie Day. June 10th would be Iced Tea Day. June 11th will be Corn on the Cob Day as well as German Chocolate Cake Day. Now, with that out of the way, let's start with the topics. But before I do that, I hope everybody had a great uh, Memorial Day weekend, a great Memorial Day. You were able to go out and barbecue if you wanted to barbecue. I know it was hot around where I lived at. Um, but I hope everybody was able to enjoy themselves, relax, and at least breathe and enjoy themselves on that holiday weekend and that holiday itself. Because boy, boy, that week before was, and weeks before that was a lot of uh, tragedy and tragedy. But the hits don't stop because this comes from ABC uh, News. One dead, seven injured during the shooting at a Memorial Day festival. Uh, as reports, one person was killed and another seven were injured after a shooting broke out during a Memorial Day festival in Oklahoma. About 1,500 people were in attendance at a festival in the Old City Square in Taft, Oklahoma, about 45 miles southeast of Tulsa, when the shooting took place early Sunday, according to a statement from the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation. Witnesses told investigators the gunfire erupted after an argument took place just after midnight, authority says. One juvenile, a nine-year-old, was among the injured. The deceased is a 39-year-old black woman, authority said. The other seven injured range in ages from 9 to 56 and sustained non-life-threatening injuries, authority said. The suspect, 26-year-old Skylar Buckner, turned himself in at the Muskogee County Sheriff's Office at 4.05 on Sunday. The Muskogee County Sheriff's Office was in attendance at the event and immediately rendered aids to the victims, Authority says. So, I ju- again, just want to let people know that it is still dangerous people out here that happened on Memorial Day f- uh, weekend, also in Oklahoma, but also around my neck of the woods in South Carolina. Uh, there was a shooting. This come from Yahoo News. Police confirmed 10 shot in South Carolina shooting, one of 14 mass shootings from Memorial Day weekend. At least 10 people, 10 people were wounded in a mass shooting in South Carolina on Monday night. One of numerous mass shootings that unfolded across the U.S. over Memorial Day weekend. Charleston Mayor John Tuckelberg said on Tuesday that nearly a dozen people were shot during the gunfire late Monday with four in critical condition. A police officer had responded to a loud party after receiving a noise complaint. Charleston Police Chief told reporters immediately the officer took gunfire. Two shots went into his cruiser, and let me tell you something, as we stand here right now, we're lucky we didn't have a dead cop or dead citizens or dead community members. 
The mass shooting was one of 14 such incidents throughout the country over the holiday weekend, according to the Gun Violence Archive, which tracks such incidents. Now, those were just shooting incidents that happened on Memorial Day weekend and Memorial Day. Now, as the week would constantly progress and go on and on, there will be more shootings going about like this one. This has come from Des Moines Register. An adult man shot and killed two women, then themselves, outside of Ames Cornerstone Church, Sheriff says. Police say an adult man shot and killed two female victims, then took his life in a parking lot outside Ames Cornerstone Church Thursday night. The suspect shooter appeared to have died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound, Story County Sheriff told the news reporters. Although that part of the investigation is ongoing, the ages of the two women were not immediately known. The sheriff would say several 911 calls came in at 6.51 p.m. as a program was going on at the church. The church hosts a regular Thursday evening event for its youth ministry, the Salt Company. Officials said the shooting happened in the parking lot of the church as others were inside. Hours later, there were still people inside the church as well as in the parking lot. Law enforcement Officials on Thursday did not release details on the weapon used in the shooting. The sheriff said there was not an ongoing threat to the public. I wouldn't say I'm shocked as law enforcement. We prepared and we trained for this. We trained hard for this. But when it happens, it's obviously chaotic until you get it under control. See, that was just in Des Moines. And the day before, you have a guy going into a Tulsa, Oklahoma medical building on Wednesday uh, going in there and shooting up a surgeon and three other people in a mass shooting before he took his own life. This is coming from ABC News. A patient gunned down his surgeon and three other people in a mass shooting at a Tulsa, Oklahoma medical building on Wednesday after blaming the doctor for his pain, according to the police. On May 19th, the suspected gunman underwent back surgery. Dr. Preston Phillips, one of the four people killed in the shooting at the Natalie Building, a five-story medical complex at St. Francis Hospital was the suspect's doctor in that surgery. Tulsa Police Chief Wendell Franklin said at the news conference Thursday, a letter recovered on the suspect Michael Lewis made it clear that he came with the intent to kill Dr. Phillips and anyone who got in his way, Franklin said. He blamed Dr. Phillips for the ongoing pain following the surgery. Lewis bought an AR-style semi-automatic rifle just hours before the shooting. Franklin said he bought a 40 caliber pistol from a pawn shop on May 29th. Police said both appear to be legally purchased. Police said the three others killed were Dr. Stephanie Heisen, office employee Amanda Glenn, and a patient, William Love, Franklin said. They stood in the way, so the gunman gunned them down, Franklin said. Lewis' body was found in the lobby of Phillips' office from an apparent gunshot wound, police said. Authority says Lewis had been released from the hospital on May 24th, five days after his surgery. After his release, Lewis called Phillips several times over days complaining of pain and wanting additional treatment, the chief said. On Tuesday, Phillips saw the suspect again for additional treatment. The chief said on Wednesday, the suspect called the doctor complaining of back pain and wanting additional help, the chief said. At 4.52 p.m. local time Wednesday, a patient on a video call with a doctor called 911 after the doctor told her there was a shooting. 
police said the first 911 call came in at 4.53 p.m. and the police arrived at 4.56, the chief said. A gunshot heard at 4.58 p.m. was believed to be the suspect's self-inflicted gunshot wound. Phyllis was found dead in an examine room, police said. As police continued searching the hospital, they said they found a woman hiding under a desk under the suspect's body. The woman said she was unharmed but saw the suspect shoot himself. Several victims were treated at hospitals for a gunshot wound and later release officials said there's no evidence that Phillips had any concerns about Lewis. Hospital officials would go on to announce. 30 minutes after the shooting, authorities received a call from a woman who said her husband killed multiple people at Dr. Phillips' office. Police said Lewis allegedly contacted his wife before or during the shooting to let her know what he had done. You see why we need to get rid of certain type of guns here? We need to get rid of certain type of guns and artillery now. He bought an AR-15 and he bought a uh, 40 caliber gun. Now, again, I went on it last week and I'll say it again constantly. You need to get rid of semi-automatic guns, rifles, uh, AKs, whatever you want to call it. You need to get rid of them. They're not for civilians. They're not needed for civilians. Civilians need to just have a regular old pistol if they want to buy one. That's one thing. My man went into the hospital to shoot his doctor up. That is what he made it his clear intention. And anybody that got in his way, they would get shot. No questions asked. He went in there because he had back pain. And he claims that the doctor did nothing about it. You had surgery on the 19th. They release you on the 24th. So that means they kept you in there for five days. Okay. You were fed morphine and all this type of stuff to at least try to heal you up. They probably gave you some medication, all that good stuff. Once he found out that the medication did not work, he started to call up his doctor and the doctor was too busy to answer his calls. So he decided that a week later, he would decide to kill his doctor. Now, I've never had surgery on my back. I've had surgery on my tonsils. And I'll tell this right now, as a kid, when you have surgery on your tonsils, I'm not sure how it is as an adult. When you have surgery on your tonsils, you wake up with nothing but fire burning in your throat. It is completely unimaginable pain. You can't swallow. You just feel like you want to spit. And even when you want to spit, you feel nothing but fire. It is raw. Your throat is extremely raw. I mean, it feels slimy to a point that you can feel it. It's it's unbearable pain that first day. Second day, still the same thing, unbearable, but it's at least better than the first day. And as days will go on, you got to take your medicine and all this type of stuff to ease out the pain, to ease it out, to get your throat adjusted to your new life that you have at least got your tonsils out. For people that's had other types of surgeries, I would think it's the exact same thing. You wake up in excruciating pain. You're given some type of medicine to ease your pain. And then you got to work with that pain and it'll start slowly ease itself out day by day by day. So you can get used and get comfortable with it. And then at one point, it'll just go away. That's all surgeries are meant to do. If you follow the procedure, if you follow what it's supposed to do, everything is going to go back to normal the way it was before. Now, with this guy, I don't know what his deal was. I don't know what type of back pain he had, what type of back surgery he had. Did they remove a disc? Did they uh, fix up his spine? I don't know anything. 
only thing that this thing has been reported is that my man went in there and he just shot his doctor because I feel that he was neglected, he feels. That's the only thing I can say by that. And that's not the way to go about it. If you feel neglected so much, if they're not giving you your type of medicine or whatever the case may be, you got to... You got to bang on their door. You got to do something more drastic. You got to have a person speak up for you to say, hey, yo, this thing ain't working. Now, he should have had his him and his wife walk up to the hospital or whatever the case may be, bang on the doctor's door and say, hey, yo, you got to up his uh, medication or something because that isn't working for him. The current medication that he's on is not working. Or the dude, he just got to grit it out and try to follow whatever type of... Uh, rehab function that was needed for his back back pain and back surgery that he had because again i believe with back surgery you got to go through some type of rehab for that so you can at least get back up to walk around and get adjusted to that pain now, i'm not saying that he didn't do that or he did do it i don't know i only gonna go by what's been printed and what's been publicized in these articles the one thing i do know is that he was out here and he went to hospital and he shot his doctor in another doctor and a receptionist and a person that was just waiting, a patient. That isn't, that's not cool, bro. That's not cool at all. And then he killed himself. He called his wife before the fact. So he was cognizant. He knew what he was doing. So this ain't a, uh, he was out of his mind situation. No, he was all there. He just said, nah, I'm missing uncontrollable pain. But you buy a gun the 29th. And you mean to tell me that you couldn't have talked to your doctor before you buy the gun? Like, literally, you just start banging up and everything else? You could have done that. You should have done that. It just doesn't... It doesn't add up. They say that he went to the doctor on Tuesday for additional treatment. And then he called back again the next day on Wednesday wanting additional help and complaining about back pain. See, that's what I'm saying. He knew his doctor, and I know the doctor knew him, so that means I'm not sure if the doctor said he couldn't go up more on his dosage or not, or tell him that, hey, yo, you got to work with it, you got to work with the back surgery. I don't know. This whole thing is just one big uh, unfortunate situation. That's what I think we all can agree to. Him shooting up his doctor and another doctor and a receptionist and a patient, that's unfortunate. I just wish that he could have, like, gone with the pain and took some more pills or something, dude. I just wish that could have happened. I pray for his wife because his wife now has to deal with this trauma of knowing that her husband did this and probably getting the phone call before or, like, during the shooting incidents happening. That's just a whole uh, thing. And we still go back to guns at the end of the day because my guy used a gun that people shouldn't be using the civilians should not be able to have but again we're not going to get no gun reform it ain't going to get no gun control it's not going to happen that's not happening so if anybody is looking for that just know that type of thing isn't coming um here's another topic right here but here's was an incident that was up was able to be stopped and this come from nbc news florida fifth grader arrested charged with threatening a mass shooting police say a fifth grade student in Florida was arrested over the weekend and charged with sending a text message threatening to carry out a mass shooting, Authority said. In a statement Saturday, the Lee County Sheriff's Office said it had learned earlier that day of a threatening text message sent by a student at an elementary school. It said its local school threat 
enforcement team was immediately notified and started investigating. The 10-year-old boy was interviewed and charged later with making a written threat to conduct a mass shooting, the sheriff's office said. In a video shared by authorities, the boy can be seen led into a police vehicle. This student's behavior is sickening, especially after the recent tragedies in Uvalde, Texas, Lee County Sheriff said in a statement, noting that the threat came just days after the deadly shooting, well, deadly school shooting at the Robb Elementary School left 19 students and two teachers dead. Right now is not the time to act like a little delinquent. It's not funny, he said. This child made a false threat, and now he's experiencing real consequences. See, right there. I... How would they know that type of thing? Did the kid, like, how were they informed of this? How would they, how would they notify this? Like, did the kid, like, did the recipient get his text message and send it off to the police and say, hey, yo, this is about to go down? Somebody had to tell to the police what was going to happen and all this type of stuff. And which one? I'm happy that it went down. I'm glad that somebody was able to, able to speak up and actually stop some kid from actually doing something heinous after what just happened literally what at the Texas school it's not great at all and if you're a fifth grader that means you're right around what 11 12 you know what you're doing you know what you're doing especially these kids now man these kids are way more smarter than I was at what fifth grade age they have the legit everything at their fingertips they can order everything from grubhub to buy some off the amazon so quick and i mean they can easily do everything some of them are even start uh decoding and coding stuff i mean kids are way smarter than i was when i was their age so i don't put nothing past the kids now personally that's why as a parent you got to look at what your kid is doing i still harp on that you gotta be a parent you gotta know what your kid is doing you gotta know what your kid is up to i still want people to understand that that is a part of your obligation as a parent to do that and i'm not saying the parents didn't do that for this kid here i'm just saying for other parents to take note yo look at what your kid is doing please do that um but this situation i'm glad it got stopped i'm glad that somebody was actually able to go to the police uh station or notify the police any way that they can which made them investigate it and now the boy is a Facing the possibility to have a uh, 15 years in prison or a $10,000 fine or probably even both because what they've stated that, and this comes from uh, Fox 4 video, um, they stated that a written threat to conduct a mass shooting, it's a second degree felony, which constitutes undergoing to either get 15 years in prison or $10,000 fine if the kid gets convicted of this situation. And it also did add it that if it does get convicted, they could do a federal, uh, this could be counted as a federal crime. And with that being said, he could get 10 more years in prison for that. So again, parents, please watch over your children. I'm not saying that you aren't. I'm just saying that again, this is one of those situations where I'm glad that somebody did say something. I'm glad that, uh, somebody was able to speak up and, uh, we were able to avoid this type of situation. Also, before I get into another topic, I do want to talk about this. Why are schools not out in the early portions of May? Why are schools still in, especially like schools that are not college? College kids are out in the early like week of May, like literally that first week of May, they got their final semester, final, like their finals, and then they're done. 
But if you do main master, well, then that's the whole rest of main. That's all on you if you want to do that. But the spring semester literally ends the first week of May. Why are children in the elementary school, middle school, and high school still having classes past the first week? Going into the second week, third week, and probably like the last week of May, they're done with their schooling. That doesn't make sense to me. It never did make sense to me. The first week of May should literally be like, okay, we're done here. School is no longer point needed after April, to be honest with you. Because people are tired. Children are tired. Adults are tired. Uh, janitors, whoever the world is working inside these schools, they're tired. Why are we having children in school past April? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't need to happen. As soon as April, the last week of April hits, yo, that's when you guys got to have uh, whatever you got to do. But the first week of May... Hey, yo, you're done here. You get all these kids uh, grades together. You have it all set up and everything else because those last weeks of May, by the way they they want to teach or whatever, they're not gonna they're not gonna boost that kid's grade up to a like a big drastic like jump from uh what a sixty to a seventy. Those last weeks of May isn't gonna do that because you're gonna take everything else into consideration throughout the whole year how they were testing and all that kind of crap. Like I said, that. That's going to be a big leap. It doesn't happen. So I want to really know, and I want this to really be answered, like literally explain to me why schooling isn't done in the early portions of May, the first week. If you want to push that, then you really should be done at literally the last week of April. But the latest that you could push is like the first week of May, in my personal opinion. But again, we'll have to see if that ever gets changed. I don't think so, but yeah, we'll just see. Now on to non-shooting related topics Uh, here. This is coming from Daily Beast. White man caught on video taunting black spa owner. Your race destroyed my life. A black spa owner in Texas said she had to take matters into her own hands Sunday after being racially harassed by a white customer who claimed her racing class destroyed his life. You ruined my life, my entire legacy of being a Christian, the man told her in a video that's since gone viral. The business owner who requested anonymity for her own safety said the incident was particularly unnerving in the aftermath of the mass shooting at the Topps grocery store in Buffalo, which was carried out by a gunman obsessed with the white supremacy great replacement theory. And she was angry that cops never arrived at her hair salon after she called to report the incident. In a series of videos that has since amassed more than 80,000 views on TikTok, the Dallas area spa owner recorded the man after he refused to leave. In the first video, the man who's wearing a USA cap sits in the spa's lobby while having a heated debate with the owner about Jehovah Witnesses. Please leave my establishment now, the owner tells him. The man seemingly taunts the owner by telling her to call the police as he continues to sit. You're judging people and things like that, the owner says as the man laughs. Is this funny to you? Yeah, it is. It's pretty humorous. He responds. The man then tells the owner that he has nothing better to do than to waste her time. You're racing your class, destroyed my life and my f family, he says. You're playing energy chess with a person that has nothing to do with your race. The man continued his racist rant by associating the spa owner with rappers. Maybe you could have asked me if I wanted to be a rapper or a gangster in California, he said. The Daily Beast was unable to reach the man for comment in an interview with the daily beast 
The spa owner said the racist customer called the business a few days prior to Sunday to set up an appointment. The owner claimed he acted weird over the course of an of a couple of phone calls, but she didn't give it much attention until he showed up in person. The patron had a 9.15 a.m. appointment on Sunday, but arrived at the spa nearly 30 minutes early. During that time, he allegedly started poking around the facility, checking out the windows inside the business, sneaking in and out of the rooms that were for employees only and using the restrooms with the door wide open. That's pretty disgusting, my G. That's nasty, too. The owner said he made other clients uncomfortable, so she decided to cancel his appointment, at which point he refused to get lost. Uh, the owner says she alerted the police that the customer was being unruly, though she said the police precinct was within a short distance from her business. They never arrived after her call. Because I'm a person of color, the system isn't for me, the owner says. It's for others. The Dallas Police Department did not return the Daily Beast's request for comment. The spa owner says she followed up with the police as of Tuesday afternoon. She said that her report was still in the queue. It's so easy for people to say, I will shoot him. I will do this. Yeah, and if I shot him, guess what? I'm going to court, she said. I don't have that kind of time to waste. The best thing to do is record him, post it, share it, and that way other people will see exactly what kind of person this is, and they can see if other people act this way as well. Now, I went to TikTok. I saw the videos, and people started to uh, post up who the man's name was. The man's name is Levi Davis Briggs. And um, apparently he has a history of doing this. Um, one person posted up uh, his class A misdemeanor. It was from um, charges of evading arrest detention. He Apparently he has some type of situation because somebody would put into the comments, somebody in the comment section put um, that the police doesn't take it serious either for where she lives and that, his mom came in and he's schizophrenic. So apparently the kid might be schizophrenic. Who knows? The point being, you need to get your stuff together. But if you are schizophrenic or whoever you know is schizophrenic, one, don't don't let them get out of your sight. You got to kind of take care of that if you care for them like that. But two, yo, that shouldn't have happened. If police officers are getting a call from an owner saying that somebody's unruly, they got to show up there. Now, I'm going to say this again. This always seems like I go into a race thing every week, and it almost seems that I even be pointed out. This one was a race thing because we have seen a lot of photos and a lot of videos. We've heard about it, too, of police officers going to a store and all this type of stuff over something so stupid. Matter of fact, I hate to bring it up like this. The George Floyd situation, the whole incident happened because somebody thought he had a fake bill. A man died over somebody thinking that he had fake cash. But were this, somebody literally harassing and not leaving somebody's establishment, even though the owner said leave, and it's on the video multiple times of the owner telling the person to leave, and he doesn't, and he even taunts to say, go ahead, call the cops. Come on, dog. We, gotta, we got to do better. We have got to do better. This doesn't make any sense. But again, we are in America, and I don't claim to be stupid, and I don't claim to act stupid when this type of situation happens. We've seen it happen multiple and multiple times for my race and for people that are not my race, a.k.a. people that are not Caucasian. That's always our uphill battle. We got to fight with law enforcement. We got to try to make everything better for us because if not, it's going to constantly be like this. We get businesses and then we're 
on the straight and narrow. We do exactly what the people tell us to do. And then what happens? Oh, well, uh, we're not going to come to your aid. Why not? Why not? Why not? You guys tell us to get businesses. You guys tell us to stop uh, leeching off of the government. You tell us to stop doing this and all that. And then once we do that, we get a legitimate business. We do everything the right. We do everything by the books. And then we call. We use the service for which is supposed to be equal for everybody in America. The police system. And we call it up. And guess what? You don't show up until like what? An hour later? But in this woman's case, they never show up? Yo, how does that... How do you want us to take the police serious? How do you want us to really say, hey, yo, call the police or do all this and do all that without us taking things into our own hands? Again, she said she had no time to waste because she didn't want to end up in court. Imagine somebody that has no problem and they could actually go up to court and just, they have all the time in the world because they know what they're doing. This guy would have got popped or something if he would have messed around with the wrong one legitimately. You guys got to be careful out here. If you are seeing somebody that's unruly, please do everything in your power to get them out of your establishment and get them out. Because, again, you don't know what's going to happen if that person stays there. If he was casing the joint, he was looking at the windows and everything else, I'm not that bad when I go into a place. I'm not going to lie. As soon as I step into a business, I look around to see if there's cameras around because I like to know where the cameras are personally myself. But that's all my paranoia gets me to. I don't look out the windows. I don't walk into rooms that says employees only. This guy did all that. That was already unruly off top. And then he had the nerve to use the bathroom with the door open. That's nasty. I don't care who you are, fam. That is nasty, boy. Come on. Nobody wants to hear you pissing. Nobody wants to hear you do any of your stuff. That's why it's called a bathroom. You have a door there. You shut it. You do your business. And that's about it. So, again, if you see happen to see anybody being unruly inside a business, call the police in your area. But please know and please be aware, store owners, police officers might not come to your aid at all. So make the report. Tell them, hey, yo, something's about to go down. If you guys don't hurry up and get here, let's see if they sprint there then. Because guess what? Again, officers are being under the magnifying lens it's happening. Not a lot is happening to them, but they are being looked at under a magnifying lens. And let's see if this can uh, do something to at least expedient the course of actions. And also, officers, you guys have an obligation as part of your jobs. Somebody calls you, tell you what's going on. You race down there to uh, de-escalate the situation. If somebody, aka a business owner, tells you somebody's being unruly and they actually have to leave out of the establishment and they won't leave. It's your job to get them out of that person's establishment. It is your job to do that. You guys know that. So with that, just let it be known, people, please be on the alert of people acting weird and acting uh, funny in certain uh, business places. Now on to something that I disagree with. Uh, this comes from Business Insider, and this is Elon Musk. Elon Musk said, working from home during the pandemic tricked people into thinking they don't need to work hard. He's dead wrong, economist says. Elon Musk said COVID-19 tricked people into thinking that you don't actually need to work hard. Working from home didn't make workers less productive, three economists told Insider. The only constant on productivity was when workers had children at home they needed to look after. Elon Musk is not a fan of remote work. In the early hours of Wednesday, Musk commented on a tweet which 
appeared to be an email from him to Tesla employee, well, executive staff saying anyone who wishes to do remote work must be in the office for a minimum, and I mean minimum, of 40 hours per week or depart Tesla. Although Musk didn't confirm the authenticity of the email, when asked whether such a strict in-office policy could be considered adequate by some, he replied they should pretend to work somewhere else. The tweets were not completely out of the blue. Musk previously expressed distaste for American workers trying to avoid going to work at all in a May interview with the Financial Times. Although he was comparing, well, he was contrasting them with workers in China rather than comparing in-office and remote workers. And he tweeted last month, all the COVID stay-at-home stuff has tricked people into thinking they don't actually need to work hard. See, that's my thing. Mm. I worked, no, 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 no. I went to school during uh, COVID time, and I'm still in school now, about to be on my last semester now. Um, I was in school when COVID happened, and the funny thing is, and here's here's the kicker here, I was still able to get all my stuff done in a good amount of time, and guess what? It didn't affect my grade at all. If anything, it helped my grade. Me being home allowed me to do what I have to do and allowed me to get all my crap in, and ta-da, I was actually able to get better grades than I did when I was in person. Now, I'll say this again. The beginning work, at the beginning of COVID, people didn't know what they were doing. They were trying to hustle and get their uh, class work together and get that stuff done. So that was probably your easy way out. But as that following semester would go and then the other semester after that, the professors were able to get their work up. They were able to Zoom with the class and all this type of stuff and get all their work kind of stuff applauded and getting done. And for me, I can't speak for anybody else. For me, it was way much more easier because guess what? I was able to get it done. And guess what? After that, I was actually able to have free time because I was inside my home. I could do whatever I want. Now, my whole thing with Elon here is that you say that it tricked people into thinking they don't need to work hard. Nah, guess what? This whole pandemic thing working at home has made people way much more smarter. They have decided that they don't want to go back into an office being around being around people, being surrounded by people that they personally don't even enjoy. I guarantee you, a whole lot of people inside a lot of offices don't like certain people. They probably get along with probably like one or two. And that's about it. Everybody else can kick rocks, eat dirt, do whatever you want. But working home has allowed people to really expand their portfolio. They're able to be home. They're able to work with their kids and actually able to help them out with their schooling. Or they gave them opportunities to have more time with their children that they didn't have before when they were inside the offices. They also, by the way, help people stop spending money on gas, especially with the gas prices that we're at now. I know from where I'm living at, uh, gas prices are right around now as the time of recording this. It's about four twenty-two a gallon. I know that might be high in some places and low in other places, but that's high and for me personally because, dog, it has never ever been to $4 in ever down here. The highest it probably ever got was like three fifty, if that. $4, buddy, we are, nah, nah, gee, this is ridiculous. So, working home and still getting your job done, that should not 
kill anybody's businesses at all. What you're killing people, what you're killing your business by not having uh, people inside an office that you rented out. That's you as a boss. You got to eat that fam. You got to eat that. That's probably the reason why you want your employees back in the office because you guys had a contract. You rented it out. Well, that company rented it out to you. And now you're constantly spending money, spending money on people not being at that office. Listen, you're my boss. You're my employer. Hey, man, that's all on you, dog. As long as me as your employee get the job done, I don't think that should be a problem where I get the job done at. I can get a job done at a club. I can get the job done at a restaurant. I can get the job done in my home. I can get the job done at the beach. It shouldn't matter. As long as you are taking care of your responsibility of working inside your working environment, what is the problem here? I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. With people working at home, this is giving people more opportunities to do a lot of other things. Certain people have decided to start working on their own like passion projects. Certain people are uh curating uh playlists for other people. Certain people are um working outside of their homes and actually gardening. Certain people are building desktops and doing other things. I mean, people are doing a lot of other things that they find as a hobby for themselves that they're going to try to make a quick buck off of on the side and not make that really their main gig until their side gig becomes more of a situation that actually makes them more money. And then they'll probably quit their job and be like, I can make more money off of doing this and I actually enjoy it. So I don't understand why Elon would say that. I don't understand it. Now, Elon Musk has Tesla, and um, I know that's a car company. I know you can't build cars remotely. I know cars, building cars, you have to go to a plant and build it, factory line, and all this good stuff. So the only people that I could say this thing falls in line with is people that actually have to be at a job and literally, like, um, do, like, heavy mechanical work. That's the only thing. Remote, you can't, unless you, like, buy parts, and that's your only job. You got to, like, buy parts and everything. Then I can say, ah, it doesn't matter. You can remotely do it, or you can be at the job. You can do that anywhere. But if you are helping building cars cars up, you got to be in that factory line to get all that stuff together. So with that, Elon Musk is right on that situation. But for everything else, if it's nothing but just paperwork, getting crap together like that, nah, you can do that remotely. The only time I can say you call people in is whenever it's time for you guys like to put the presentation together and you're trying to uh, sell off a piece of the fortune to somebody else. And there's a big deal coming up. That's whenever you're like, okay, you guys are going to come in to make this pitch and all that type of stuff. I want you guys to get it together because you guys screwed me over. You guys are fired. Then I can say, okay. But other than that, no, dog, paperwork and everything else, let them work home. Let them work home wherever they want to work as long as they get their job done, as long as they meet the deadline for the situation. That's all that really matters. So Elon, I'm not really uh rocking with you on this one, bro. I think you uh I think you uh I think you're out of your death on this. Um I wanted to talk about something that happened this week also too that blew up in the social media realm with two big comedians in the black community. I'm not sure around the world, but I know just in the black community we know these two comedians a lot. They have legendary statuses uh DL Hughley and Monique this uh past week, they got into some uh, a tuffle. I'll say Monique got into a tuffle more with D.L. Hughley because they were at an event. Uh, 
I'm not sure if it was a charity event or whatever type of event. It was a Detroit comedy show, and Monique went on the stage, and she went nuclear on DL. She started to uh, call DL Hughley a little B backstage and saying what type of man does this or that or whatever the case may be. There's a video of it. I, I didn't understand what happened, but apparently what's going around is that um, Monique and DL Hughley had an agreement or the promoter had an agreement with both of them and where all the stuff subjugates to is Monique felt like she should have been the headline and Dio Hughley said that he was the headliner and on the stage Monique would say that uh Diaz wasn't going to come out here unless he was going to be the headliner and he threw a little b fit backstage and all that kind of stuff so this will lead to Dio Hughley putting out uh his uh, contract or whatever may have you he blurred out like the bank statements and all that type of stuff but in his situation it would say D.O. Hughley and it would say in parentheses uh, closing so in that situation you would say that D.O. Hughley is the headliner in the closing act Monique in her situation she would put out her contract for with the promoter and in her situation it would say for her that um, for her it says an engagement uh, purchasers hereby engages talent and talent hereby accepts engagements to perform one 30 minute to 45 minute concert show engagements. Talent shall be the headliner of the show and the closing talent for the show of which talent shall not perform later than one hour of performance time after the start of the show. So for her in her situation, she's saying that she was the headliner. They're both putting paperwork out. They did all this stuff, but both of them put out the exact same uh, <laughs> they put out the exact same show schedule. And if you look at the show schedule, you see whoever is supposed to be the ending act. And the ending act has D.L. Hughley at 9.45 through 10.30. Monique, she came on before intermission, 8.40 through 9.25. And she had a 45-minute set. He had a 45-minute set. My whole thing is, is that I don't, get why <laughs> why both of them just didn't no 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 no. i'm not gonna say both because dl didn't assassinate her on the stage he didn't do none of that she went out there and did that to him first my whole thing is is that why didn't she and grab dl and talk to him and be like hey are you the headliner i'm the headliner what's going on because in my contract i says i'm the headliner and i don't i don't know what's going on you could have talked to him about that and then you could have grabbed him and grabbed the promoter and say hey okay in my contract, it says I'm the headliner. I talked to DL, and he, DL says, no, in his contract, he's the headliner. What's the deal? And then if he would have pointed you to the show schedule, which, again, both of you put out, and if he would have said, well, the show schedule says that, Monique, you're not the headliner. You're before the intermission. DL, he was the headliner. That's where you guys would at least be like, okay, well, somebody would have asked some sour grapes because both of them in their paperwork do have saying closing talent. That's where you can at least say, okay, well, uh, that's not what it says in my contract. And then that's whenever you can have that dispute there. But you have an obligation to perform. You do, because you guys both signed your names onto these pieces of paper. And the only person that really duped both of you to a degree and that made all this type of kerfuffle and all this mess to go down was the management, not of you two individuals, but the promoter, the promoter's management. They messed up they got you guys in this type of situation they 
made basically all this stuff happen. Now, you would hear all celebrities basically say that that stuff should have handled, been handled backstage because at a comedy show, you're only there to listen to comedy. You're not there to hear people air out their grievances unless you happen to hear about some type of like uh, big situation that happened. Again, the Chris Rock situation with Will Smith. Everybody goes to a Chris Rock show. They're still waiting for Chris Rock to throw out a Will Smith type of joke because the Oscar situation was a big situation. That's the only time you're willing to, as an audience member, to sit there and be like, okay, I want to hear what that person has to say about this situation that happened to them. But with something backstage like that happening, nobody knows about it. The audience don't know nothing. They're just there to enjoy a good time and, like, enjoy their night. So for Monique to be the first one to go out there and air the grievance and throw DL under the bus and all this type of stuff. I don't really appreciate that. I wish that she should have just talked to DL and talked to the promoter at the exact same time if she really felt that type of way. I don't wish that any of that would have came out to the public like that, but um, DL would talk back on his show, his uh, morning show. He said that he now knows what Lee Daniels know, what Oprah Winfrey knows, what Tyler Perry knows, what Charlamagne the God knows that to basically never do business with Monique. And again, I don't think that's right neither because you are dealing with a person that's just got, that's just hurt. Yes, I understand Monique through a lot of low bars. She went down to the dirt to sling it at you. And I understand that was misplaced slinging the dirt. Now, I wish that she wouldn't have done that. And I understand why he said what he said completely. I do. You're talking to a man that holds many of grudges. I'm a person that does, so I understand why, but with two big greats of comedy stature in the black community, you two got to somehow find a way to uh, hash this thing out. Monique more than DL, because again, DL didn't start this whole thing going down first. It was Monique, so Monique, you got to talk to DL hugely about that. You got to apologize to him, for real. You have to do that. As a person that's on this whole righteous path of being the bigger person in the way that she talks and the way that she holds herself in dignity and high profound and all this type of stuff. Monique, you have to apologize to D.L. Hughley for that and talk to him. If he's willing to talk to you, that's at least making the right step. If he's not willing to talk to you, hey, you can apologize still, but know that, hey, I try to apologize. He doesn't want to talk to me. And A, whenever it happens, we'll have our talk and that type of situation will come about. You both, in my personal opinion, got played by a promoter. You both did. I just wish that uh, this whole situation didn't happen between two black comedy greats. Now, on to something that actually was a good, meaningful thing, at least in my personal opinion. Uh, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard situation. Johnny Depp would win uh, more than $10 million in defamation case against Amber Heard, as it was written in LA Times. Johnny Depp won his defamation lawsuit against ex-wife Amber Heard. A Virginia jury decided Wednesday, with cheers going up outside the courtroom from the crowd of Depp supporters who gathered there inside the courtroom. A black clod, Heard, kept her eyes downcast as the juror's co-current decision was read, saying that she had lost the bulk of her countersuit. He had sued her for $50 million and she countersued for $100 million. So that made me understand that, okay, in this suit, she was suing him for $100 million while he was suing her for $50 million. Okay, so there's no other suit after this. Okay, that made me made it clear everything up. Uh, the jury awarded 
debt ten million dollars in compensational well yeah compensational damages and five million in punitive damages in the trial. However, the punitive damages were immediately reduced by the judge to Virginia uh, statutory cap of three hundred fifty thousand. So I believe ten million and three hundred fifty thousand is what he's getting. In Hurd's countersuit, the jury awarded two million in uh, compensation damages to her after finding one of her points valid. The that former Johnny Depp attorney Adam Wadman had defamed her when he told a tabloid that she and her friends created a hoax that included roughing up her apartment to look worse for police. Depp spoke about the verdict in a statement issued Wednesday afternoon. False very serious and criminal allegations were levied at me via the media, which triggered an endless barrage of hateful content, although no charges were ever brought against me. It had already traveled around the world twice within a nanosecond, and it had a impact on my life and my career, he said, in part. And six years later, the jury gave me back my life. I am truly humbled. Heard issued a statement as well, saying, in part, the disappointment I feel today is beyond words. I'm heartbroken that the mountain of evidence still was not enough to stand up to the disproportionate power, influence, and sway of my ex-husband. It is a setback. It sets back the clock to a time when a woman who spoke up and spoke out could be publicly shamed and humiliated. It sets back the idea that violence against women is to be taken seriously. I'm sad I lost this case, she added, but I am sadder still that I seem to have lost a right I thought I had as an American to speak freely and openly. See, here's my thing with Amber Heard's uh, statement being completely false, at least in my opinion, okay? Because there's a lot of evidence backing up everything, and this is why people did not rock with Amber Heard, and this is the reason why I did not rock with Amber Heard, because you had video and you had audio coming out of Amber Heard saying, that she punched Johnny Depp. Yeah, I punched you, but I didn't punch you, punch you. What you talking about? And saying that, yo, you can go ahead and call the tabloids and call uh, the police and all this type of stuff. Who are they going to believe? A little a little uh, girl like myself beating up you? You have that literally on video. So it makes it hard for the public to make it seem that they want to be on your side whenever you hear audio of that. It makes it hard for the public to be like, Oh yeah, we stand with Amber Heard. Before audio came out and you wrote when you wrote that opic on your abuser, and it turns out to be Johnny Depp, and Johnny Depp figured out that you were writing about him. Everybody was on your side and be like, "Oh my God, I couldn't believe you got abused by this and that, and this and that." And you even had the big companies dropping Johnny Depp like a fly. The only one that stoked with him was, I believe, uh, a fragrance company. I believe it was Versace. Nope, I'm sorry, I just looked it up and it was Dior. And by the way, Dior is constantly selling bottles and bottles and bottles out of this thing of uh, the Johnny Depp's uh, thing. I believe it's Savage Dior. Either way, they're constantly selling bottles out of this because people want to show their support to Johnny Depp. Even if people don't be uh, wearing perfume, people are going to show their support for that, for real. And that's my thing. Whenever you have audio and you have video of situations like that happening, guess what? It's hard for people to side with you. It's hard. People are going to say, well, there was five men and five jury. Listen, listen, dog. Nah. Nah, nah, nah. Men, we're hard on men off rip. I'm not even going to try to even lie to you. Men are hard off men off rip, especially famous men like Johnny Depp and all these famous men if they're 
wife will come out and say that he beat me up and all this type of stuff. We're going to look at him like, we're going to start evaluating the man and be like, could we see him beat up on somebody? And then we're going to be like, uh, yeah, we could. Or if it's like a wimpy, wimpy dude, we'll be like, oh my God, how can you, seriously, how did he beat up on her? Or like, see, that's my thing. Men are hard on men. Women are hard on women. That's just the fact of life. But the thing is, you had video, you had audio, you had people that was around you guys in your fits of rage or your fits of uh, turbulence and the toxicity that you guys both had. And again, ladies and gentlemen, not every relationship is perfect. A lot of relationships go through a lot of uh, bad situations. So with this situation, they both were bad towards each other. But Amber Heard, you are not and a like a victim you were an equal participant you were an equal participant in the game of a bad relationship between you and Johnny Depp that's just a fact my friend and you try to cash out by saying you were a victim nah 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 you and Johnny Depp were playing a game of of straight up just toxic relationship and you try to cash out being the victim that just wasn't the case it was a lie Johnny Depp got hit with a whole lot of things. Now, if you would have just said that I'm divorced with Johnny Depp because we have irreconcilable differences, uh, we don't, we can't stand each other and all that type of stuff, people would be like, oh, okay, cool. Every marriage goes through that. Everybody gets divorces nowadays for irreconcilable differences and all this type of stuff. Everybody be like, okay, cool. And if anything, people would have just speculated that, oh my God, Johnny Depp cheated on Amber Heard. That's one way you could have got away with it off top. I'm not even going to lie to you because if a woman cashes out and like says she wants a divorce from a man is always immediately okay the man must have cheated and she could have just rolled with that one and then hollywood would just be like oh, okay it's another like situation of a cheating situation but then you would at least have hollywood literally backing you but now when you trying to play the victim role i'm just gonna be blunt with you now you got a lot of people petitioning for you to be off of aquaman that's rip i said that like how could you still be on like how could water brothers still have you be there and all this type of stuff, and they let Johnny Depp go with all this type of crap, and you guys were going through y'all situation. I was wondering how they didn't let both of y'all go and just wait until the trial got figured out. But uh, we shall see. Your role has been decreased. They did announce that, so we're going to have to see how uh, you get paid off that situation, and we're going to have to see how Warner Brothers write Johnny Depp back into the Fantastic Beast uh, franchise. Again, I never watch any horror, uh, Harry Potter situations, but we shall see with that. But... Here's the thing with this. This comes from Yahoo Entertainment. Amber Heard's lawyer says Johnny Depp's legal team demonized her in first interview since verdict. Amber Heard's lawyer says the actress absolutely plans to appeal the Johnny Depp defamation verdict. Her lawyer appeared on the Thursday's uh, Today Show to share how the Aquaman star was doing and discuss the judgment. Uh, she said Amber Heard absolutely plans to appeal the, the verdict and she has some excellent grounds for it. As for paying the $10.35 million judgment, she said her can't afford that. Oh, no, absolutely not. Uh, she slammed Depp's legal team for working to demonize her client and suppress evidence during the six-week trial that broadcast lured details of their brief relationship. Oh, my God, okay. That's what you're supposed to do as you're representing a client that lost. You're supposed to say all this type of stuff, but she was not demonized of Johnny Depp's situation. The court just happened to hear what everybody else heard online. And people that didn't hear it online, well, guess what? You got to hear it in court because everybody was putting their ears and their eyes towards this uh 
trial in again. I don't know what's gonna happen now. Is she gonna appeal it? Yes, that's gonna take some time, but she's gonna appeal that. For me personally, I don't know how she's going to uh, do it, but they're gonna find some okie doke ways, as lawyers would do, to make sure that their client doesn't pay a red dime to nobody. Uh, I just want to know when is that gonna be filled out, and when is the appeal process gonna be going forward? Because that. I believe we're going to have people's eyes and ears on for, but I don't think that's going to be broadcasting anywhere, but uh, we shall see with that. And before I get you guys out of here, I just want to let you guys know, if you guys are into like movies and all that type of situation, I uh, just want to let you know, Doctor Strange uh, in the Multiverse of Madness will be on Disney Plus soon. They did announce that it will be arriving on Disney Plus on June 22nd. And if you have not watched Doctor Strange, uh, the first movie, great movie. Doctor Strange 2, excellent movie, and it expands the multiverse, it expands the Marvel Universe bigger and wider than what you think is possible, personally. It, it's a entertaining movie. I saw that uh, literally the day after it got released on May 6th, my birthday it was released, May 7th, me, my brother, my younger sister, we went to that movie, she enjoyed herself, I enjoyed myself, my brother enjoyed himself, we enjoyed watching Doctor Strange, and we even had some uh, questions about certain things that's going to happen. We questioned certain things that happened in the movie. It was a real enjoyable movie. And this past week, as we were home uh, watching, me and my sister were watching Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings on uh, Disney+. Plus. We watched Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. If you are a fan of the style of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, that movie, you're going to enjoy Chippendale situations because they bring back a lot of old Disney cartoons and that and they even bring an ugly Sonic which I did not know how they able to do that but they got a whole thing about that how they brought uh ugly Sonic into that movie as well it's a nice friendly uh, family movie for that one and also me and my sister saw Sonic 2 which again Sonic 2 lived up to the hype of Sonic 1 Sonic 1 was a great movie Sonic 2 was a evenly better movie because you got the added bonus of adding in knuckles and tails so you know where the next movie is technically going i'm not going to say nothing you haven't seen the movie it's on paramount plus for that but my whole thing is that i watched those movies with my sister well the two movies chip and dale and sonic and chang chi with my sister this past week so she wouldn't have to think about the shootings that happened um in Uvalde, Texas, so she wouldn't be thinking about uh, what could happen later in the future, because my sister likes to think about a lot of these type of things. She asks me mad questions, so if you just need something to relieve your kids' thought process and just let them enjoy themselves, if you have Paramount+, Plus, I would suggest you watch Sonic the Hedgehog movie 2 and Sonic 1, if you haven't seen it. Both movies are great movies. You have my stamp of approval on that. If you haven't seen uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, uh, the movie, I that has my st stamp of approval. That's a nice movie, and it also has some stuff for the adults as well in that movie. Believe me, there's a scene whenever uh, Chip and Dale have to try to find stinky cheese, and trust me, it's that scene alone is stupid enough for an adult mind that you at least enjoy that scene. If anything else, you'll enjoy that. Uh, Shang-Chi, if you're into Kung Fu and you like Marvel movies, Shang-Chi is one of those that I would suggest you watching. Eternals, no. Eternals, uh, no. 
I don't ever watch anybody. I don't recommend anybody watching Eternals. That movie is long. That movie is drawn out. And that movie is not uh, plastered with the normal Marvel color scheme that they usually have for every Marvel movie. This one, they really made it diverted off of that. So you could tell why they did not put a lot of movie campaign money into the Eternals. It wasn't that. uh, It wasn't meant for what it was supposed to be. Let's put it like that. It's just for people that actually read the comic books. If you want to watch Eternals, that's what you're in for. You're going to have a time for that. But anybody else that just don't know anything about Marvel and just see the commercials and something and just jump in, that's one of the movies you're not into. Not at all. So, again, Shang-Chi, watch. Chippendale, I would suggest you watch. Sonic 1 and 2, highly recommended as well. And now, with that all being said, let me get you guys out of here. Um, on my socials, you can find me at, on Twitter. You can find me at, at my two podcasts, Instagram, my two cents podcast G2, my email, my two cents pod at yahoo.com. I want you guys to email me about anything, please. My emails are always open. Uh, please do not forget that I have the national suicide hotline in my descriptions. If you click the, um, click the descriptions you see the number right there if you feel some type of way if you feel like you don't want to be here anymore please call that number i would love for people to please continue to be here air you trust me you have a reason to be here there's a reason for you to be here you're a shining beacon of light for a lot of people you, you don't know it trust me you have a reason there's people out here that are actually wanting to see you so please call that number please call that number if you ever feel that you have a uh, void in your mind and feel that I just need to go off and go away the world will be better without me no call that number and please just have a talk with somebody okay I want to thank Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Podbean Audible Spotify and Amazon Music and every other uh, place that has the podcast because again uh, without those places I wouldn't be able to get this podcast out to you the people that downloaded so i want to thank them and i want to thank you guys for uh downloading the podcast and listening to it i see the streams every week and i really do appreciate it um with that being said always remember i love you 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 all i thank you all i really do i wanted you guys to have a great weekend please have a great weekend please be safe on these roads a lot of people are not safe and a lot of people get into wrecks i want people to please be safe please be careful please for the love of god make it uh make it back home from wherever you're working from or from or you're coming back from a church service or whatever because today's sunday uh just please be careful okay uh you'll hear from me again next sunday but if you are into wrestling you can hear me on yesterday's episode of Wrestling Highlights of the Week, where I talk about MJF, he went nuclear on AEW, where I think that might be headed. And tomorrow on Monday, where I give you my review of uh, Hell in Cell, which happens last night, well, which happens tonight, technically, and also uh, In Your House, the NXT premium pay-per-view that just happened last night. You'll be getting my review of that tomorrow on Monday morning. But anyway, with that all being said, I love you. This isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again. This has been D2. This has been my Two Cents podcast. And with that all being said, Kanye, you please take these people home. I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. <laughs>